We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weather back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together, and we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Ham, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me tonight, Fox 40's Sean Cunningham. Mr. Cunningham, how are you? Mr. Ham, doing pretty well. Uh, hopefully, my mic doesn't blow you the rest of you guys out like it has. In the, in, I understand it's been a little loud over the past few days. So, just so y'all know, I don't control this shit. So, hopefully, hopefully we got it figured out. But yeah, I'm good. hopefully we got it figured out. Okay, and then of course, Brendan Nunez from the Kings Pulse Podcast. What's going oh, on, I Brendan? Forgot. Not too much. Um, you know, feeling good after that most recent Kings game and. Yeah, these late night ones are always fun. I, I like the live shows. Comments are always entertaining. Yeah, they are always entertaining. So, yeah, we are live tonight on YouTube. So if you're watching this, say, I don't know, uh, Thursday morning, then you're going to be like, why in the world are they talking to people like they're live? Because we are live tonight on YouTube. Um, if you guys are, uh, you know, in the, the YouTube chat here and you don't mind, uh, give us a thumbs up. If you're new to the show, please subscribe. Uh, those things help us. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got a lot going on. Sacramento Kings just uh, got a really, really good win against the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday night. Um, but before we hit that, let's take care of, like, a massive amount of business. Um, number one, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, uh, which is, what, December 15th from 530 to 730 is Off the Record with the Kings Beat Virtual Happy Hour Part 10 hotter than fish grease with okay. love it mark jones. that could be oh mark jones is joining us for the happy hour so if you are a premium subscriber to the king's beat uh which all of you should be uh you can even jump in down below to the description and find uh, a link to the king's beat where you can subscribe and become a premium subscriber uh you will get the invite to the happy hour the happy hours are the coolest thing it's basically uh, 
me and Sean and Brendan getting lit up, uh, drinking and having a good time and having really cool conversations with guests. Uh, there's a Q&A section. Um, it's a really, really cool event. And for those of you who are not fully on board, uh, I'm sure people here in the chat that have been to a happy hour will start to tell you how cool the happy hours are. Um, so outside of that, um, if you're a premium subscriber to the King's Beat, you also get 20% off the King's Beat merchandise store. Uh, I just added quarter zips. Um, I think I added them yesterday. So you can now get cool uh, navy and gray quarter zips with King's Beat logo. They're pretty sweet. Uh, Were you knitting my, them? Did you make them yourself? Like I with did not whittle them needle and thread? No, oh, okay. No. Uh, but uh, my guy, Jim Espinoza, over at... Uh, uh, Brick House Industries did, and he does amazing work. Um, so really cool embroidered um, quarter zips. So uh, that is the, uh, I think that's a roundup um, of all the things that are going on off of uh, off the basketball court. I'll also mention we're only doing one pod this week um, because the schedule was like a back-to-back on Tuesday, Wednesday, followed by Thursday, we're doing the happy hour, and then um, I, I think all of us are ramping up and getting ready for the holiday season. So we're just going to do one this week. Uh, and this is it. It's live. It's cool. Um, and hopefully we don't drop too many F-bombs and get ourselves in trouble. Uh, Sean. We wouldn't, yeah. Who am I getting in trouble with? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that Wes Wilcox cares, but uh, his wife might care that every once in a while she hears an F-bomb when she's walking by the, the kids' rooms. So hello, Wilcox children. Hopefully Those kids tonight. are phenomenal, and they've been around enough NBA teams that I don't think that word faces them. So that's true. That's true. Just um, Mike, Mike Brown I don't, seems to have a little bit of a mouth after tonight. So oh boy, yeah. Let's uh, you know what? Let's start there because uh, I've had actually advocated for this before. Um, I I personally believe that um, that officials don't win and lose games most of the time. Um, but this Sacramento Kings team gets absolutely zero respect. And whether it's Demonis Sabonis getting hit in, hit in the head like three times per game, or it's De'Aaron Fox uh, not getting any free throw uh, attempts at all, um, I just feel like they're always on the short end of the stick. And I think we saw it in Philadelphia uh, on Tuesday where like they just didn't stop blowing the whistles the whole first quarter. Um, but then we get to the Toronto game, and this was the first time that Mike Brown really blew his top. And I, I just want to get your guys' take because I, I found it entertaining. I hope he doesn't get fined for how uh, how much he came at the ref. Uh, well, he's going to get fined, but I hope he doesn't get extra fined. Um, but where where were you guys at with the Mike Brown explosion on the sidelines? Uh, I always love those moments. I mean, I think – you know, there's been people who wanted to see Mike Brown get a tech here and there to, you know, really advocate in the moment for his players, which I think he does a really good job of doing. Um, and it, it, you know, it always makes me think of the past few years when you had Luke Walton there and people really wanted to see Luke Walton get a tech and it, it didn't really happen too often. Of course, he was a member of the, uh, the he was, I believe, coaching the Warriors uh, at the, was he coaching the Warriors at the time when he got tossed out at Golden One Center? Or no, was that Lakers. a Lakers? Lakers? It was Lakers, okay. Because I, I love how both Steve Kerr and Luke Walton, and I believe it was the same year when they both got 
tossed and stormed the court that, that, that year. That was Star Wars night. It was Star yeah. Wars night at Golden <laughs> yeah. One because yeah. the King's social media uh, team instantly put up Luke Skywalker right after he got his hand cut off uh, like and said, no, no, no. Luke. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. No, I just I, – I, I like the moments. They're always so uh, – entertaining to see a coach do that and just absolutely blow their top and um and i think this is what this shows is that mike brown even advocating to get a technical sometimes like he's i don't think he's really going to play that game i think it's it, he he knows nothing other than being authentic to himself and if he blows his lid he blows his lid and he's he's storming the court and getting it in so um he was definitely heard i think zach zarba and company uh definitely knew where mike brown stood on the evening and uh, hopefully he's on the sidelines and coaching uh in detroit on the next game to wrap up the road trip i i don't there's really no doubt in my mind that he will be uh, i know there was some speculation that because of the bumping there that that maybe he he wouldn't um i don't think that'll be the case Hmm. No, I, I'd be surprised. I mean, the whistles are, I, I'm not one that likes to complain about calls ever. Like I, I feel like huh. that more often than not, uh, the game isn't won or lost because of whistles. There's a lot of other things that teams could have done well, but they've been frustrating. I mean, specifically Sabonis, right? I, I think that obviously he's a very physical player. Um, and I think that the numbers are not too different than like last year. He was averaging 3.3 fouls a game. It's up to 3.7 this year. He is sixth in the NBA in fouls per game, uh, which is not great. But also, he is a very physical player. Um, he doesn't get the kindest whistle, though, I will say. And the Mike Brown ejection today, I thought, was was warranted. I thought there were a lot of moments. Toronto was super physical. They were just beating up the Kings out there. And the Kings weren't really backing down. But it was just an extremely physical game. Fox got the cut on his eye and everything. Um, I think the most surprising thing, though, was just kind of the timing of it. It wasn't like right after a foul call. It was, I believe that De'Aaron got a tech, I guess. The, I don't think the broadcast got De'Aaron's tech amazingly. Um, right. And it was just like, I thought free throws were about to be shot. And then all of a sudden, Mike Brown was storming the court. So the timing caught me a little bit off guard. But the whistles leading up to that, I think it made sense. I think you saw the guys rally, and everybody talked about it post game. Malik Monk talked about it when he got interviewed before walking off the court. You heard Jordy talking about it, and Domas talk about it as well in post game. Like it definitely worked in in kind of rallying the troops, and I guess giving the guys a little bit more fire. And behind that, and just a great performance from the King Stars tonight in in Domas and Dier, and they they managed to pull out what I thought was going to be the hardest game of the road trip. Hey, hold on, before you, James, have either of you ever blown your top like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I I, yeah, I, I've blown my top once or twice. Really? Well, it was, I mean, if you don't mind sharing. Um, I lost my, my shit in a church league basketball game one time. <laughs> I did. I had to be, I had to be so glad carried off, carried off the court. Uh, carried? Carried, Did like, you get told twice? What happened? Like, like somebody had to pick me up and oh. remove me from the court. I, I think it was probably my brother who was removing me from the court. Um, I, yeah, there's, there's a couple of times. Yeah, I've blown my lid. Um, oh. Yeah, it, it happens. I'm a redhead. I'm supposed. I to thought be you were a lover, not a fighter. I thought well, you were. Well, I a am. Lover. I am, okay. but I, I'm not someone who backs down at all. Like that's just not me. I, I would have thought he was a fighter, not a lover. I don't know what you're talking about, Sean. 
I've almost got in a fight a couple of times, like in like softball leagues and stuff. Yeah, we we were we had a few incidents where, which I didn't start, but I'm not that guy. But I, I'm not going to back down. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I've lost my, uh, you know, my mind once. Or Brendan, times. you have you raged a couple times? Not. No, not really. Um, okay. Like definitely gotten frustrated, but no, like I don't. I'm not a. I'm definitely not a yeller in, by any means. So I definitely get frustrated, but just kind of keep it to myself, I guess, and maybe express it to my teammates more than anything. What about yourself, Sean? Definitely yeller. No, no. I, I mean, no. I'm. I'm a shit talker. I think you all know that. Like my mouth gets me into trouble, but it usually gets me out of trouble. Like I'm not a. I'm not that guy, but. Um, yeah, I, I can only think of a of of like I, I can't really think of a moment like I've never like I don't think I've really punched a wall or anything like that like I, nothing comes to mind and I'd probably break my hand if I did so no I don't I don't think <laughs> I don't think uh, I can think of a moment where I remember I talked some crap in a in some in baseball before and you know it might have escalated a little bit but nothing nothing like that I've never punched a wall I'm not that kind of angry. <laughs> Like my anger usually is at somebody else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's what it is. I mean, you know, I'm competitive, highly competitive, and uh, I don't like losing anything. I, I we, years ago we were playing on like a game night, and we were playing with some other friends, and one of the my buddy's wife asked me, she's like, "Why do you always have to win?" And I'm like, "Because, like, why would I play if I wasn't trying to win? Like, right. oh, what do you mean? Stupid question." Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. And it's like, well, yeah, but we're just hanging out. I'm like, we can just hang out, and I can still try to win. Like, I, like, what am I supposed to let everyone have a turn to win? Like, I don't understand your question. <laughs> it's always sports, though. It's always sports or like video games, as someone pointed out in the chat there, like um, where people lose their minds. Like, you would never do that in any other well hopefully you wouldn't maybe some people would but hopefully you don't like lose your mind on your like families and stuff like that but oh, no, it's just or no. or when you're driving like no it's always like it, it's always sports that will will bring it out of people it's hilarious yeah it's a competitive competitive drive for me it, it i don't blow my top outside of that so anyway what about if somebody <laughs> says you only have two boats and you got to put them in their place oh see <laughs> see well yeah man yeah, I mean, every yeah, once in a while, I am faced with that Brendan Nunes. <laughs> How is the Ham Navy doing? How's the Navy up there? Is the fleet, the weather the fleet's has good? Been really bad. Uh, I probably need to go out and check on said boats um, yeah. and, and batten down everything for the winter. But do you tie them all together? Like, like keep them to? You like, know what I mean? When we're out on the lake and we're having a good time, we're barbecuing. Yes, we do tie all the boats together. That's awesome. Like us and our friends. So it's like a gigantic, like four or five boat party barge. And you can skip from one boat to the next. And everybody has different food and all that stuff. And all the kids are jumping off the boats. And yeah. Can confirm. (laughs) Yeah. Brendan's been there. Brendan's come up and and hung out on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. And we did tie off with friends, right? We did. We did. Yeah. 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 One day Sean will show up. You know, one day Sean will get there. One day Sean will get there. And one day we'll Uh, talk about him. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we fooled people. We went like five minutes talking about Kings. Then we shifted. So now your timeline's all messed up. Um, okay, let's get back to it. Uh, like we're coming off of two really bad losses for the Kings. And I got to be honest, those were the games where I, I think a lot of fans 
like just watching social media, being on D'Lo and Casey, um, a lot of fans started to lose their mind. Like, oh no, here we go again. And I didn't really feel that way. I, I thought that they were bad performances without any question. I thought the Knicks game was absolutely atrocious, the way they defended um, Julius Randle, and then the way that once he got thrown out of the game, it, it almost felt like they kept acting like he was still on the court and just kept, oh, so we'll let someone else take over and punish us. Uh, R.J. Barrett. So, yeah, R.J. <laughs> Barrett. I didn't like that at all. Um, I thought that the, the competitive drive was low from the team. And it looked like they had had a long night in New York the night before. And then the Philadelphia game almost felt like a hangover. Uh, you know, they were dominated from the opening tip of that game. And I don't think there was any moment at any time where I thought, oh, they got a chance in this one. Um, so, like, what do you guys think of the two games that, that they didn't play well and they got smacked around? I didn't mind it at all. I feel like there's in the NBA schedule, there is uh, what I like to call schedule losses where, you you know, it's not to say that, you know, you're predicting yourself to lose, but you can look at a road trip and go, yeah, you're going to drop some. And there's going to be some games where you're probably going to look uncharacteristically bad. Um, people, you know, fans are obviously entitled to their opinions and everything, and that's what makes them fans. But um, it behooves oneself to kind of just, take a step back, take a deep breath and realize that that's going to happen. You're not going to win every single game. So um, getting the getting a moment like that to look at this six game road trip and realize that there are uh, certainly some some good things and certainly some things that you don't like, but you don't throw the whole baby out with the bathwater. It's not like this is the same old Kings. That's not true. Um, I think we are at a point in the schedule where we know what they are now. Um, there's still some, there might still be a few question marks hanging over, but by and large, you know what to expect from this team game in and game out. And that's a very competitive product and a very talented product. Uh, and one that's, that's improving defensively. And we've kind of documented that, but they're going to have their stumbles along the way. Um, and there's buckle up. There's probably going to be another four, dare I say five game losing streak within the season. So, um, I know, I know that's me being a hater, right? Uh, shining. Yeah. <laughs> but look at it. If, and here, here's where you look at it with the with the purple colored glasses. Is that we talked about it? They could go one and five on the road trip and come back five hundred. Um, guess what? You just won. You're two and three going into your last game in Detroit, and now you're going to be a game over five hundred, uh, guaranteed. Even if you go three and three. And what did we say beforehand? If you can go five hundred on a six game road trip, holy hell, that's going to be great for you. Uh, if you go two and f- two and four. I had to check my math there because I'm not very smart. Um, if you go two and four, big deal. Like you're you're right there. Like you have a ton of games at home during the holidays. It's not the most uh, you know talking to a lot of people. People don't like doing that around the holidays for some reason. Um, you it it flies in the face of of anything you want to talk about, especially compared to the way uh, they've played at home. They've been a very competitive product at home. They've been better at home. They have a home court advantage finally um, and. But for whatever reason, when you're home around the holidays, it just doesn't always go your way. So um, I'm hoping they can nip that in the bud because they have a ton of games coming up at home that go well into January. And uh, I think this will, when you look back at the season and you reflect on the successes or failures of where you end up, whether you're a postseason, whether you're not, um, this is going to be kind of that span of the season where you're going to say, the Kings either took advantage and, and this, you know, really set the table for what's to come or they shit the bed and 
you know, this could this could derail some things. So uh, I think this is not to make be overly dramatic, but I think this is going to be a very uh, telltale barometer of where this team stands uh, during this time coming back off the road. I think that for the New York game and the Philly game, for some reason, I looked at them very differently. And maybe I just the Philly game, they caught me on a bad day or something. I don't really know. But like after the New York game, I was like, this is an outlier. They kind of got played out of their own game. The pace was difficult. Um, they did go back to a lot of fouls and, and not, you know, one of their principles defensively of being physical without fouling. And they kind of went away from that. But New York is a very physical team. It was like shots are going to fall. Um, and I wasn't worried all too much. Darren wasn't in that game. Um, it's the Philly game for me that for some reason felt so like kind of same old Kings in a way. And maybe I was just overreacting, but like it was like Joel Embiid is beating you down the floor every single game or every single possession. How is it that you are making a basket and he is the first one down the floor of either player on the team? And I, I just like, it was the defense in both of these games, but the New York one, it felt like they had a chance. The Philly one, I think they flirted with like a 40 point deficit almost. It, at least it felt like that at a point. Um, but it, it just was the defense for me. And I think that after seeing so much progress defensively as of late, that one was really like a maybe those defensive games were the outlier because the beginning of the year was pretty bad on defense as well. So I thought it was really great to have this bounce back in Toronto. Um, and I think after I had a day to kind of look back at that Philly game that I probably overreacted and like the shooting is just not going to happen in that way. You know, they hit 10 triples in each of those games and that's just not going to happen. Like Malik Monk and Kevin Herter just suddenly forgot how to shoot. Those guys are going to know how to get their shots to go down. Um, Harrison Barnes wasn't getting all too many shots to go down. So I, I think that there are some outliers there. We're also seeing, I think, common themes with the teams that they struggle with are the very physical teams that can get them in foul troubles. Um, so you're not going to win every game. And getting that Toronto game that I thought was the toughest one, maybe the Philly one was even more frustrating to me because I didn't have very high hopes for this Toronto matchup. But they came into this one and took care of business and that makes me feel all right and, and levels my head out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I'll look at it this way. Like I, I certainly didn't like the performance of either of those games, but the thing that started to concern me is that we saw it earlier on the trip is that they stopped passing the ball and they stopped moving the ball. And it wasn't just getting away from defensive principles. It was getting away from just the real basics of their offense. And it was hard to watch. And so that was the one moment where I was like, okay, are they just, like, giving in a little bit and letting go of the rope a little bit? Because it didn't make any sense just the way that they stopped doing just, you know, again, their basics. Um, you know, I don't know how many assists they had in, like, back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back games, but it certainly wasn't, like, in the, in the stratosphere of what we've seen most of the season where they're, like, right around 28 to 30 assists a game. Sometimes they go up to... 32 or 35 either way it's like fun the brand of basketball is fun and i hate to see a team lose its identity and as long as it's not for long stretches of the season then that's okay and I, and i think the one thing that was good about the toronto game is once they really got into the dogfight because that was a really good game it became very apparent that the kings were playing their style of basketball there were cuts there were 
all kinds of motion off the ball. There are wide open looks from three. Um, De'Aaron Fox getting downhill and not just finding guys on the perimeter, which he kept doing in, especially even in the, uh, the, the Philly game, he kept drawing and kicking to wide open threes and they were missing. But sometimes you need to be able to break the defense down and then find Sabonis underneath the basket for an easy bucket. And that's what we started to see in this game. I thought the fact that De'Aaron Fox had 10 assists was tremendous. And so we're starting to see like Fox look like he's gaining his form. And if he can get back to, you know, the player he was in the first six weeks of the season, then I don't think we should have any concerns about who and what this team should be. They're going to be pretty good the rest of the way. Yeah, I think also I think also guys like when you're looking at just the road trip as a whole, I don't think they get enough credit for what they did in Cleveland. You know, to be able to sweep yeah. Cleveland um and opening with Milwaukee, I kind of talked about like that would be a good scenario. You don't want that buried in your in your in your road trip. You kind of get your best shot at them cuz you're right, it's the first game out on the road as opposed to like the second or or maybe the last. Um you get your best shot and I think that kind of set the tone like Milwaukee's a tough out for the Kings. I just feel like, you know, maybe eight or nine out of 10 times, Milwaukee will win that game. Um, but to bounce back the way they did was pretty impressive. Now, granted, you you drop the next two, Fox isn't playing one of the games, and um, th- things could look a little wonky. But it, it I don't think, uh, James alluded to, you said something about losing their identity. I don't, I just think it wasn't, I just don't think it was a good game. Guys weren't hitting shots. The ball did stagnate a lot. Um, again, it, to me, it's one of those schedule type games, but when you can find it again, when you can, you know, bounce back the way they did and granted they dropped two straight before bouncing back tonight. And I think they really show their metal in a lot of this game. I mean, they're, 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 these are some grind out games. I thought tonight was really one of those examples of a, of a really grimy kind of grinded out. And I think the Kings are showing the ability. I know it was a, um, it's it's a point Mike Brown talks about. Like, how do you how do you look when these things get ugly? I think the Kings are culprits in in mucking up the game a little bit and making it an ugly game. And I think oftentimes it can work to your advantage. Now, granted, officiating you don't have any control over, but I'm glad it didn't let them derail, uh, take them out of it. You know, and I think when you look at that, you know, two minute report um, tomorrow, you're going to see some calls went your way. Uh, you know, especially that 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 offensive foul call uh, that that uh, that the blocking foul that was probably an offensive foul for for uh, Harrison Barnes. Um, there's some things that that you know ended up going your way. I agree with Brennan all the time. I don't think the, any of these officials have cost you the game. Any of these games have been c- cost you by poor calls. It certainly impacts the game. Uh, and I think Mike Brown did a good job of sticking up for his players. I think De'Aaron Fox bleeding from the eye, having to show the official, like, what else are you going to do? You know, you, 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 you can only you can only show the officials. You can only go back and, and, and re-look at these games, and hopefully they learn from them. But they didn't allow them to derail and take them out of games. In past King seasons, you've seen that. You've seen officials and poor calls take the Kings out of their rhythm and their game and let them completely impact the way they play. And they didn't do that. So, you know, you're going to close out this six game trip in Detroit. Uh, it'll be fun to see if they ride into that game off this high with this win and be able to take down Detroit for as a team who, you know, is a game that hopefully they're thinking that they should take down. I know you like to use that, those words, but they need to go in there and think that 500 basketball on the road in a six game trip, that's a huge, huge, 
uh, feather in the cap. I think I think that if if they can pull that off, that's going to bode well going into this stretch at home. Yeah, and I'll point out too, uh, Milwaukee is the number two team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Cleveland, the number three team. Philadelphia, the number five team. Uh, New York is number six. Toronto is number ten. And coming into tonight, they were tied for eighth. So the four teams, the five teams that you've already gone up against in in this road trip, are really good. These are good teams. They're Eastern Conference playoff teams. And you win on the road. And like again, what Sean said, if you somehow get the win in Detroit, that puts you at five hundred for the trip, which is outstanding when you look at you know the totality of it. Um, but I also like. Right now, if you look at their last eight games, the Kings are five and three, and I know people like were freaking out over the weekend. They're five and three over their last eight games. So like this team is is going the right direction. They're trending the right way. Yeah. Um, let's get to Deer and Fox. So the Philadelphia game, I thought like the bounce was back, but he didn't look like himself as far as the energy level. And I I also thought that like we get to the early part of the Toronto game and I kind of felt again like he didn't have like the energy that he needed to to get this team going and then he found it uh, like I, he got angry about a couple of missed calls I think um you know and and all of a sudden he was a lot more competitive and he had a great game uh what are you guys seeing from Fox and sort of his recovery after missing two games with a with a foot problem and that's another thing I didn't even mention we talk about the fact that the Kings are are two and three on the road trip. Two of those games, they didn't have De'Aaron Fox. It, yeah, so, you know that's part of it as well. I, I I thought I thought personally that that Fox looked like himself. Uh, he just kind of looked like a guy that hadn't played in a few days. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't I wasn't worried about De'Aaron Fox at all. Um, it, fortunately, it doesn't look like uh, he was you know, favoring the, the foot. He didn't look like he was trying to hide an injury. He didn't look like he was bothered by the foot. So to me, that was most encouraging. Um, you know, to me, I just didn't think he, he just looked like a guy that really didn't have a rhythm and hadn't played in a while. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What about you, Brandon? I don't really have much to add there. He didn't look too bad to me. No, I thought he was great in this, in this Toronto game, especially down the stretch. You know, I, I think the thing that I was looking for the most coming back from this foot injury is just like, the burst and the consistency of how often that burst is there. And I think we saw it a lot uh, towards the later parts of that Toronto game, which was super encouraging in the Philly game. I, I thought it was there, but, you know, kind of just looked like he was still kind of getting back in rhythm to, to your guys's point. And even the 27 points in that Raptor game is obviously great, great, but 10 assists in there as well. I thought he had some really good defensive moments at, as also um, <laughs> at the end, they were, the Raptors were kind of just, taking advantage or trying to take advantage of Sacramento switching and Siakam took turns either going at Sabonis or Fox and both those guys really held up and I thought that that was really encouraging um, but even beyond De'Aaron I thought like seeing Malik come back a little bit tonight was was pretty big mm -hmm. he's been struggling yeah. he had 24 points tonight 6 of 13 from the field 5 of 10 from 3 7 of 8 from the free throw line knocked down one of the two when he needed to late um, but I, I think that getting him back is big for this team because I, I don't think it's a coincidence they struggled at the beginning of the year when Malik wasn't quite in rhythm or maybe had found his comfortable role in this team and that when they were rolling was when Mike Brown is sitting there with a foot on the table telling us that Malik Monk deserves to be 
uh, deserves to be considered for six man of the year. So I thought that just as much as Fox coming back, um, get Malik getting back to sort of what we had grown accustomed to was really important. Yeah, to be honest with you, like Monk, uh, like there's been three or four games in a row where he just hadn't been effective. And I, I know like one of those games he scored like 16 points, but he was just so bad from three and he turned the ball over. Turned the ball over. Yeah, and he just really looked like he was pressing. And so, you know, you're you're kind of waiting for this Kings team to really have a moment where like all of their top guys are playing extremely well. And it feels like, you know, we had Herder like going nuts in the beginning of the season and now he's taking a huge step back as far as, you know, just his shooting stroke. Um, although he is starting to figure out how to play off the ball and, and get to the basket a lot easier. Um, so that's a good thing, even though he did miss a Toronto game. I'll mention that. Um, but like it, it feels like almost every step of the way, like when you have Herter going, uh, you didn't have Harrison Barnes. And you got Harrison Barnes going, and Keegan Murray lost his way. And then you got Keegan Murray going, but then De'Aaron Fox lost his way. And it feels like this team is misfiring like almost every step of the way, um, but they're still winning. And so to me, that's one of the, the most encouraging things is that you know we're looking at a team who now has what fifteen and twelve, and you know they're they're playing well, uh, and they haven't had a big long stretch where they've played they've had eight guys play really really good basketball. By the way, of, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was going to change the topic. So if you have something, no, I was just I really enjoyed the picture after the game. <laughs> Like, it looked like Harrison Barnes got the defensive player of the game. Yeah, James knows exactly where I'm going. Mezzi's, like, <laughs> his his pose there is always fantastic. So, laser pointer. Get a picture? Yeah. Laser pointer. Isn't Mezzi from, like, Torrance? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, if anybody ever takes a picture with Chemezi Metu, you better make sure you do the it pose with him because that's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. He might have had the same pose in the fifty cent picture. No, he did. It's in every that. he did yeah. he did he did it in the fifty cent picture and he also did it in the Barry Bonds picture and he's done it in like the summer league picture. I mean there's so <laughs> many of them. He does the same pose every single time and it cracks me up. It's good stuff. Uh Brandon, go ahead and change the subject. Yeah, it was only three minutes, but like were you guys as shocked as I was that Rashawn Holmes came into the game for a little while tonight? Like I, I just that was weird yeah. to me. I, 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 I didn't I was I, I thought maybe Jordy like forgot the numbers or something. Right. Like, I was like, does this have to do with Jordy? Accidentally called him the wrong guy. Take um, that, Mike Brown. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, I know. Then we're gonna have all these people. Oh, you see, you see, Jordy, Mike Brown's got something against uh, Rashawn Holmes. Like, it's something. I even had someone go at me at on Twitter the oh? other day. Like. Oh? Why isn't the Sacramento media asking why Rashawn Holmes isn't playing? This is because we know <laughs> you guys aren't doing your job. And it's, it's very specific. Exactly what Sean said, because unfortunately for Rashawn Holmes, he lost his job to Chemezi Metu and that's it. And like, we can talk about it all day long, but the fact is like when they're running the same offense and one player isn't getting to his spot, like everyone else does, and it's totally visible, and I don't know why he's not getting to his spot, but he's late getting to go set the high screen every single time, and then the guards aren't waiting for him, and he's getting offensive foul calls, or or they're getting stopped because he's not in position. That's a problem. When you have a very specific thing that a, 
a big is supposed to show up at a guard on the defensive side and shield him towards the sidelines. And every other big does it except for Rashawn Holmes. Like, it's not an effort thing. It's just like it's not clicking for whatever reason. And so, like, I saw it. And, like, when that happens, you can only stay with somebody so long. Just like, I'm just going to point this out, exactly the same way that Dwayne Dedman wasn't good the first four games of the season and Rashawn Holmes got the job, we have the same thing. Rashawn Holmes was not playing well and lost his job. And that's unfortunate, and I hope that he gets back in the rotation at some point. I think he's a player that can help this team, but I also think he's a player that can help some other team. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't know about you guys. Well, I didn't think they were going to play Domas 40 minutes tonight, and they did. Um, I would not have predicted that before the game. Um, But I will say this, like, you know, there's people in here killing Metu on the chat. Uh, he played four minutes, guys. Like he wasn't even he wasn't even out there very long. So I mean, I think two things happened. I'll agree with you. Metu wasn't great, but I didn't think he was necessarily terrible. Like, um, I just don't feel like he had enough time to really impact the game, like at all. He wasn't minus Go ahead. thirteen. In yeah, his but five so, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? It's plus minus. There was several minus thirteens on the on the floor. Uh, like Davion Mitchell, also who hasn't played well on this road trip. Um, it's been pretty well documented. But like again, your four minutes. I think Rashawn Holmes was rewarded for coming in the game previously, and he actually contributed. It was a big positive in a game that was rather awful. Um, I think you. When you're when you're dealing with a team throughout the year, you find moments to reward guys and shine light on guys and and realize that this is a team game. Um, you, teams don't go like fans are, which they overreact to everything. Uh, it's it's definitely five game increments, ten game increments, and you know what? Five games from now, you could see Rashawn Holmes back in rotation somehow. It's not that outlandish to think of. It's it's not that beyond possibilities, especially when you're not winning and right now you are winning and, and, and it's coming closer to 500. You're on this road trip. No one's overreacting. Um, but there are moments where you, if you can find a time to spell somebody, especially for Domas, cause you're not going to play him 40 minutes a night. That's just not something that Mike Brown or the Kings have any interest in doing for the better part of the season. So um, there's going to be moments for guys. It's a very, very long season. So yeah, man. Yeah. And like, look, uh, Peter, like negative 13 in four minutes. Like, yeah, here's the other thing. Plus Plus minus minus is is a joke. Here's why. Plus minus doesn't tell you the whole story. If Chemezi Metu is playing with the best defensive players on the team, he's going to have a high plus minus. So plus minus doesn't tell your whole story. Don't don't go to bed with plus minus and hold a guy accountable over plus minus. It's a fucking joke. Uh, 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 <laughs> Sean's, Sean's lost it his is. mind. No, it's calling, stupid. Like the Wilcox kids. The Wilcox, <laughs> don't do it for the children, Sean. <laughs> the kids. <laughs> I've been pleasantly surprised with Me- with Mezzi this year, but I did think his minutes were pretty horrible tonight. I'm not going to lie. Toronto went on a 15-0 run when he was out there, and I don't think yeah. it's a coincidence he didn't see the floor again. Like there were many easy looks around the rim for Toronto like I'm not saying Messi's a bad player I think that maybe this just wasn't a great matchup for him um but and they did it in four minutes in four minutes and you but a team scored 15 points in four right but I'm saying my point is it's like it's not a strong enough sample size to say the guy had a shitty game you know what I'm saying like it's it's different than that it was a stretch of basketball that was four minutes 
you know, plenty of guys look awful in four minutes. So to say a guy had an awful game, like Mezzi's not going there saying how great he is tonight, you know, he's, but he's also not playing 25 minutes. You know what I mean? So it's keep it in perspective is all I'm saying. Yeah. And I'll also point out too, that like when you're backing up a center like Domas, you don't have time to get in a flow. Like you're only out there for a few minutes, especially like, I don't know if people were watching, but they'll pull, they'll let Domas go long. They'll pull, fox at like the six minute mark and then put him back in at like the nine minute mark of the first quarter and then they'll sit domos for a few minutes like it's not even that you're getting like a stretch of like 12 consecutive minutes to get 24 or or even like eight consecutive minutes to get 16 like in the first half and second half you're kind of piecemealing all the way through and so i kind of feel for some of these guys because it's really hard to get a, a like any kind of rhythm going when when that's what's happening or it, it's really hard to like get your teammates to adapt quickly that someone totally different is on the court that you have to run different play sets for and you know you could get in a set where you know again y- you get a couple of turnovers and you don't even get to see the ball like for the f- four or five minutes here in the game and that's just the way the you know the cookie crumbles especially when you're like the eighth man or the ninth man in the rotation. Uh, so so anyway, I, I never really, to be honest with you, I never worry about Chemezi Metu's minutes unless it's just like egregiously bad. And every once in a while there are those moments. But mm-hmm. then there's also those moments where, you know, he gets you eight points and five rebounds in his first stint. And you're like, hey, that was really good. And then when you come back to him in the second half, you know that the second half is probably going to be fewer minutes because you're going to get Sabonis back in the – in the game as early in the fourth quarter as you can. So again, I'm not super concerned about what Chemezi Metu is doing as long as it's not just so far out in left field. Yeah. Yeah, that. I'm, I'm not, yeah, definitely not Sorry. meaning to attack Messi. No, you're good. Um, and, and I'm with Sean's point. I, I guess I was just saying, I did think it was a tough stretch, but it is just a stretch rather than right. something to be concerned long-term about um, or anything like that. Should we mention Namias Keda's attempt? Well, also, we sh- yeah, it was Embiid. Like, it's about I, the yeah, matchup that you can get right. Hey, hey, Nimi, come in here with zero NBA experience and right. a handful of G League games. Hey, there's Embiid. Go get him. Like, come on. And I think the worst thing that happened to him in that was he. Did we have the, like say, like swipe the ball? I think he came away with a steal. Right um, in the first like twenty seconds, yeah. he swiped and got the steal, <laughs> and then it was like, oh no! Like he thought that he could do that, and no, no, yeah, yeah. I, that gave him like maybe a little bit of uh, swagger there, a little confidence. Hey, look what I just did! And then he just, you know, that's Joel Embiid. The Kings and then don't he tried really to have do it again, and Embiid moved his arm and he picked up a foul, right? And then he smiled at him and picked up another foul, <laughs> and then he turned his back on him and picked up another foul. And, you know, like, that's kind of the way that game went. Um, but, yeah. Them the breaks. <laughs> Those are the learning experiences, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel bad because, uh, like, I didn't think Nemeus did anything wrong. No. I just think that, number one, the officials had lost, like, you know, like, I have these incidents here in the house where the pug, who's, who's literally, like, the sweetest dog of all time. He, he just wanders the house looking for someone to go sit on their lap all day. That's all he does. If he finds a, a cookie crumb in the bottom of a backpack, 
you'll come in and the whole entire pug is squeezed his way into a backpack trying to get some cookie crumb. You go to move the backpack and all of a sudden you have Cujo running at you. He's got like his little puggy face is out. He's lost his mind. His eyes are bugging out of his head. He Brendan Cujo is like, a Stephen King book that was the animals become like rabbit oh, I, and evil. I actually it's thought like that was pet. the name of his dog for a second. No. <laughs> it was turned into a, a film in the early 80s, and right. which starred St. Bernard, uh, Yeah, which killed so everyone. <laughs> Spoiler right. alert, he, Jesus he Christ. He could be any of three things in this reference. I don't know if he's yeah, the dog, I was like, is he the he's pug? the crumb, he might be a backpack, I'm not sure. Is he the pug? He just wants to sit on a lap? I don't... Yeah, no, no, I was getting... Yes, I was getting to the point, like, the dog will actually bite you when you get a crumb. I, so I, we call it, he's lost his little puggy mind, right? So... <laughs> his pug in mind. When I, when I was watching the game, that's exactly what I felt like the officials were doing. It's like, they had lost their mind. Just like, whoop, whoop, Wait, whoop. Like, whistle, 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 whistle. <laughs> like, they were the pug. They were just, like, losing oh. their mind and blowing whistles for no reason at all. That was, like, the most disgusting display of, like, killing any flow of a game that I've uh, that I've seen in years. Like, I, the 76 game, like, it wasn't enjoyable for anyone. I Could you imagine paying money to go see that and, and you get done with the first quarter? I mean, we were, like, there were six minutes left and, and Joel Embiid had already gone to the free throw line nine times. Like, he was taking his ninth free throw. Like, what in what world is that possible that the Kings just came out and were so bad that he got fouled shooting shots every single time? Uh, so, again, I just thought it was a really, really weird officiating crew just lost their mind and just blew the whistle on everything. And, I mean, it's kind of par for the course for the Kings, but, like, they didn't even have an opportunity to get in any flow and try to fight in that game. So I feel bad for Nemeas Kata because it's like, hey, man, go out there. You're going to get bit by the pug. Sorry about it. He just it. wanted a crumb. He was yeah, just, he's... you know, <laughs> if you give just... a pug a cookie, well, trust me, I know Turn what happens. Cujo. You, you get bit. <laughs> so. Um, Yeah, man. I, I don't know where to go. I, I just, I, I really don't understand. They should have, I, I, why can't we just keep Kata in the G League for like, Right. Two straight months, just play out. Just do nothing but play games there, right? Does it have anything that's to do with doing. you going to Stockton and him not being there? No. No, I went for a much different reason. I actually, um, first of all, 43-point win. That was crazy. Um, for me, for somebody who likes to come away with, like, good highlights and videos, that was that was great. Um, I went down to talk to Trey Burke. And I also did some oh. stuff with uh, Chima Moneki, as did Brennan. Uh, did you release that yet? I haven't read it yet. I don't know if it's you've actually read it. not out yet. It should be oh, okay. out tomorrow morning. Well, then I might beat you. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, no, I'm gonna. I, I'm probably gonna have that discussion. Uh, both those discussions um, s- shared out by tomorrow. But yeah, we ran Trey today during the, uh, our ten o'clock newscast. It actually, comes up in thirty minutes. So DVR it, and you can come back and watch it. But uh, yeah, it was fun. Trey's got a interesting story. I remember being at his uh, pre-draft workout in Sacramento and um, just looking for that. Just want to add him to another bunch of talented dudes that aren't in the league that are working to try and get back at it. You know. Yeah, uh, like uh, it's kind of off topic, but what do you guys make of the the Trey Burke thing in with Stockton? Because to me, like you kind of need that veteran guy, not not to win games, 
but to make sure that what you're doing there is actually teaching the young guys how to play. And, and, you know, I know that seems really strange. You're throwing these guys out there, you're coaching them and all that stuff. But sometimes they need a veteran leader to show them, like, the finer nuances of the game. And I think it it could really be a a good thing as long as he's there. I don't think he'll be there for very long. I think he will get a call-up with somebody. I don't think it'll be Sacramento, but he'll get a call-up with somebody. Yeah, and we got the showcase next week. So that's where a ton of guys, uh, especially who are toiling in the G League, uh, just all in one place. You've got a ton of scouts there, a lot of media there. It'll be in Vegas this year. And uh, yeah, I I agree with you, James. I don't think he's going to be there very long. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to have specifically point guards that can kind of help set people up. Like I I thought that DJ Stewart has been phenomenal throughout the course of this year. He's somebody that I think could be a third string point guard at some point in the future but you know it makes sense to go with Jordan Ford your starting lineup uh, because he's so good at enabling the guys around him and, he, and he's a good shooter and playing off of people and things like that so I, I think that specifically getting good guards is important for the rest of these guys when your focal points are Namias Keda, Keon Ellis, Chima Moneki, guys that aren't really creating for themselves I think it's so important to have those type of guards and um, just on Nimi real quick, like, you know, I think it's a good, good teaching moment for him with the Philly thing. Like he, I, I thought that he was in decent positions, but little things like he didn't, he wasn't straight up. He puts his hands down a bit and that's going to be mm-hmm. a whistle or he's just a little late. Um, but throughout the course of this G league, uh, season, he's been pretty good, man. I mean, 19 and a half points on 68% from the field along with 8.6 rebounds. I think it'd be nice to see those rebound numbers go up. Um, and then just under two blocks a game. So I think we definitely have seen progress this year. And it's unfortunate that people that like only see the Sacramento games, like I feel, I feel like the big example last year was he played against Cleveland. And that was Jared Allen, who is another all-star center in the league. Like, I think they're good teaching moments and good for him to get those opportunities, get those experiences, be able to go back and look at the film and notice how much those little details are going to make a difference when you're playing against some of the best guys in the NBA. But I just want to say, like, as much as obviously he looked really rough in that Philly stretch, I I think he's been good this year and there's definitely progress. And Brendan, like, that's every night in the NBA. Like, oh, that's Jared Allen. Oh, this is... This is Joel Embiid. Oh, that's Nikola Jokic. Like, it's every night, man. You know, yeah, it's it's, it's like, really let's, difficult. Let's be honest. Embiid just put up 50 the night before. Right. He came in and you threw your all-star center at him and he destroyed him with two or three fouls, like, in the first five minutes of the game. You threw a young kid in there and he got mowed over. Uh, that's going to happen. So, I mean, for me, you were looking for Namias to somehow stay on the, on the court for, you know, six minutes, buy you some time. He couldn't do it. He got he got three minutes in and had three fouls. Uh, but that's kind of the way that that game went. I mean, it was totally out of control what they were doing with the officiating. And like, look, I, like people have mentioned here in the in uh, in the chat, like they haven't been good. The officiating has not been good all Awful. year. And Awful. Like and and Tony Brothers, I, I don't like. <laughs> man, like every time you draw him, you're like, oh Jesus, what is tonight gonna look like? Like, that's just not good. And there's a couple of guys like that. Even Zach, was it Zach Zarba? Zach Zarba like, was tonight. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's not a great, like, it seems like the Kings get th- those officials more often than they get, like, the cream of the crop guys. I actually really like Zach Zarba. Um, and Mike Brown was charged. He didn't go at Zach. He was going at the other, I forget his name. Um, 
I should have it in front of me, but I don't. But um, yeah, but Zach came in, and that's ultimately worth kind of the the bump. And Zach was the one that teed him up. And it's like, dude, anytime you charge the floor like that, you're gone. You don't even have to say a word. You just come out on the floor like that, you're going to get tossed. So Yeah. No, I, I mean, I fully agree. That, I mean, he needed to be tossed. But I also will tell you that was intentional, and that's – Yeah. I mean – he was pissed. And, and I think and I think he should have done it before this, you know. I, like I did the same thing last year. I thought that Luke Walton should early in the season should have gone out and got a couple of technicals. Get thrown out of a game. It's okay. You the know, elf, like the elf ref? Who's the, the elf, elf ref? ref? I don't know. Well the guy Eli that was today says elf ref. He, he's not even in the uh the rotation. He's a an extra dude, the guy that uh, Mike Brown went off on. And this isn't yeah. the first time that he's had those a situation like that where he's lost control of a game. Um, but I will say Mike Brown obviously lost his temper on the court, but then Jordy Fernandez gets his first NBA win. And in the locker room, Mike Brown has a huge smile on his face and is part of the celebration and throwing water all over Jordy with the rest of the team. And, and I thought that was great to see. Did you guys watch postgame with uh, Domantas Sabonis? I did. I didn't see it. What happened? I, did I did you know he can speak Spanish like that? I can't wait to ask him how many languages he does speak. Right. Yeah, Sean, you missed it. There was a, a reporter asking questions in Spanish, and Domas just sat there and filled it, and then all of a sudden, like, shifted gears and just started going off in Spanish. It's like, huh. Like, <laughs> oh, cool. I, I would expect that he could speak, uh, like, Lithuanian and Russian, and, you know, of course, he speaks English. Uh, but now we can add Spanish. I mean, it was clear he was fluent or near fluent in Spanish and just like riffing like it was no big deal. Um, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, it, it, can he speak five, six, seven languages, especially with all of the, um, you know, the the Eastern Bloc countries that you know, are kind of associated with each other over there? Uh, He's just the most versatile person on the planet, apparently. <laughs> Senior Sabonis. <laughs> Look at that, Steven. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He did. No, I'm glad Tommy. He did leave live in Spain for a stretch, so I would imagine that's where it came from. But yeah, well, it's like one of those. Is it like riding a bike? I don't know. I speak a little Spanish, un poco, I should say, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's yep. that's great. Yeah, he was he was pretty fluent. Yeah, so it should be it should be interesting to uh, to talk to him about that when they get back. Um, okay, if you're sitting here in the chat still, uh, please give us a thumbs up. Um, those things help the algorithm, and so it gets out to more people. Uh, can you do also, it twice? I've never tried that. Have you, can you be able to? No. God, you're such an old man, one? Sean. I, <laughs> can you just? What type of question it? is that? Can I just keep hitting it like a slot machine? What's that commercial? Is it the the insurance commercial where he's like, "We don't need to print the internet." <laughs> like that's. Yeah, I need to go uh, to his classes. Trying to not become your parents. Right. Yeah, I need yeah, to go the, there. Don't become your parents. There it is. Um, yeah. By the uh, way, I want to commend Brendan for uh, his playlist on his. If you follow Brendan on IG, you put some SZA out there, and I was very proud of you. James SZA so is good. a R and B singer who's amazing. I'll send you some stuff later. I think right. you'll like it. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, can, can I real quick ask how uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock was, Sean? No, you may not. No, I'm kidding. Uh, of course you may. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it was. I mean, I've seen. I have never seen Chris Rock before, um, and anything SNL. Anybody who's SNL, I'm like gonna be Gaga over. So, uh, I've seen Chappelle a lot, and so this was probably 
the only time I wasn't looking forward to Chappelle as you know, he's a headliner. Of course you're gonna look forward to him, but I was really, really looking forward to um, seeing Chris Rock. And I think the best part about it was uh, Black Star was there, which is Mos Def and Talib Kweli. So if you're a uh, hip hop fan, they're fantastic. And uh, I didn't know they were going to be there. So I made a point of not looking at stuff that, you know, came up on social media regarding this tour. So uh, very happy I was able to go. Uh, it was kind of a last minute deal because I screwed up and tried to buy tickets early. And I was like, man, those are expensive. Maybe I'll wait till Ticketmaster brings them down. And then they like, oh, no, they sold out fast. So it was a pretty expensive ticket, but it was a lot of fun. So, hmm. Yeah, and you guys both went and saw Sandler. And I know, like. You did? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't Yeah, but it. he was confused by Sandler and left. You, what? You left? <laughs> Not, I mean, a Did you bit. fall asleep? What happened? No, it was when he busts out with the, the guitar and the songs. It just lost me a That's little bit. That's what he does, bro. I didn't leave super See, I, early or anything. I but it was to just... Sandler all the time when, like his, when I was younger, like all of his comedy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Anyway. What, did, did you miss, you missed the Farley part? Chris Farley was a guy on SNL. Was his good friend, dude, guy Tommy Boy. Did you ever see the uh, Tommy he Boy? Doesn't, he no. doesn't know who oh, Chris Farley Jesus is. Oh Jesus Christ, Brendan! What has happened? We, we've lost the show. That that may have My broke bad. me and John. That may have broke us. He doesn't. He doesn't know about living in a van down by the river. Uh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Did you watch have... Die Hard? No. 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 You, you had a homework assignment, sir. You had a homework assignment. Well, you know. Damn it. <laughs> Brendan, you are such a disappointment. <laughs> what? Okay, let's play a game. Brendan, what did you do over the... <laughs> uh, when you left Adam you Sandler, what did you... Uh, I didn't end up going to Stockton because I went to the Sandler show. Um, okay. But then I watched a lot of basketball hung out with some friends i what do you do when you hang out i they don't watch movies sean drive around listen to music and play some video games here and there that's that's about it watch basketball we're gonna have to have an intervention sean we're gonna have to kidnap him we're gonna have to make him watch real movies for like 46 hours straight just like you will do the uh We'll hold his eyelids open like Clockwork Orange. <laughs> have you seen Hustle? That's a basketball movie. I have. And okay. was, not to call out the broadcast, was it actually the correct Hernan Gomez today? Yeah. It was? Yeah. Okay. Juan Hernan Gomez, yeah. Hmm. All right. Played Bo Cruz, right? Yeah. I, I for a second, thought that it was his brother. That was today. No, it's one. Were, it's one show. But I was the wrong one here. Okay, gotcha. That's funny. Right. Uh, that's good stuff. Okay, so let's do this really quick. Um, we we are not going to stay up all night doing this because uh, we still have to like edit the video, the audio, the video. I don't have to mess with. Um, but uh, let's take some questions. Um, Alex Marquez, you've asked it. I think you've asked this more than once. Um, but would you send a, an unprotected? first round pick for Sadiq Bay. Um no. Unprotected? No. No. It's a no from all of us, right? Yeah. Hey, you know what else? How about this? Unpopular belief? I wouldn't send a first round pick protected for, for Sadiq Bay. 
not not a big fan. He's not playing well. Uh, I mean, like, and I'm not sure that he's the type of like I I've always been a fan of what he of his game and his style, but it seems like a lot more dribbling now, and I just think you know that that situation there isn't great. I don't know. I I definitely would not send a first round pick. Uh, would you trade? What would you trade for OG and Anobi? Okay, how interesting. Mm, that's a fun one. Is that for you guys? I'll I'll ask this question: Is Keegan Murray off the table for OG? Yes. Yeah, he's off the table. I'd rather have Keegan Murray. No conversation there. Probably not. Not if it involves Keegan. I'm not moving him because you got to pay OG pretty soon. So, uh, or in fact, wait. What's he? I gotta look at the sketch. I gotta look at the salary i'm actually a little unsure he's on got that. one more year after this and then yeah, no, a year I'll after that the, 19 million dollar uh player option i'll i'll take the team control with keegan and the the low money for keegan because i feel his productivity will be uh he may not be the better player but i you know i feel like his productivity based on what you're paying for him will be a hell of a fit for sacramento long term as opposed to bringing in og on Anubi and giving him away okay so that's what uh, i, would I do. think I think I started this mess inadvertently on D'Lo and <laughs> Look at what you the did. other day. What did you do? Well, I mean, because people are, you know, they're like, oh, let's go get OG. Let's go get OG. And so I was asked about it. And I'm like, look, I think, first of all, OG Ananobi would be the absolute, like, a top, like, 15 perfect fit for Sacramento. Like, hmm. he, he plays defense. He can shoot the corner three. He's great off of... Uh, like back cuts and back screens. He's he's a smart player. Um, you know, he, he does so many things. He will take out, like, the the opposing team's best player. And, and he's young. He's 25. Uh, I don't like that he, you know, tore his ACL before he came into the league. Um, but, you know, like, I, I really, really like OG Ananobi. I think he would be a perfect. And I'll even say, like, his contract, it's, like, it's very similar to what, Harrison Barnes contract is like 18-6 or something and then 19 something and then he has a, a player option for uh two years from now which there's no way he's gonna take the player option he'll opt out and go get a bunch right. of money um so you're gonna be worried that you'll lose him for sure uh but like we were talking about it on D-Lo and Casey and it's like well what are you gonna have to give up and it's like well first of all you're gonna have to find a way to get your 2000 you're gonna have to find a way to get your first round pick back from the Hawks. So that probably means you're going to have to give up just an unprotected like 2025 to the Hawks as opposed to a protected 24, 25, 26, right? And then that would free you up to get your 23 and your 27 and you could trade them for OGN and OB and you could probably if you you're giving up that much, you could probably get uh get him with like a Rashawn Holmes maybe Davion Mitchell and uh, Alex Len package, something like that. So if you're going to give up two Say it one more unprotected time. picks, if you're going to give up two unprotected first-round picks, 23 and 27, you would probably be able to get him for Rashawn Holmes, Davion Mitchell, and Alex Len. Like, maybe I'm far off, but if yeah, he's going to be on that. the market, I mean, if he's going to be on the market, though, a 23 and a 27 unprotected first round pick from the Sacramento Kings is going to have a tremendous amount of value. And you could actually, so, so like, look, I think that you could probably like, you would at least be in the conversation 
especially in a world where, you know, DeJounte Murray just got a team three first-round picks. So so I think that that's probably fair. But then it came down to, well, you know, what if it's not about picks? What if they want young players? And I think it's an honest question. Like, would you give up Keegan Murray? Because basically you would be doing the same exact thing that you did when you traded Tyrese Halliburton for Demonis Sabonis. It's the same basic concept of a trade, except for you're getting, you know, you're basically getting the same thing, like the same yeah. amount of years on a smaller everything. scale. But and, where you, that's for tough. where you are, for where you are after already making a move like that, I don't like the idea of giving Keegan Murray away for that. And there's a discussion to be had. I love I like Ananubi a lot. I really do. Um, I just, it's not a trade that like at least having Keegan a part of it, having a future first perhaps, but I'm not doing it with Keegan, not at this point. Um, I think what Keegan can add to the team and his bright future with the scoring capability and the ability to play multiple positions, it's not really one that I'm moving for Ananubi, especially when he could be gone. This isn't Ananubi is not Demonis Sabonis. You know what I mean? You bring in Ananubi, I don't think he's what Sabonis does and change the entire complexion of your franchise. If no, that but makes Murray, sense. Murray's not. Tyrese correct he's not Tyrese I get that I get that it's different it's different but what do you you already have De'Aaron Fox and you couldn't move De'Aaron Fox you know what I mean you already have a guy who's making a max contract so to trade someone like Keegan who has a certain skill set that pairs nicely with what you already have like you can find another and you can find another answer at that position is my like Ananubi's hmm. not an all-star player yeah he's I not. would I, I would even make the the claim, though, that it's possible that Keegan Murray is never as good all around as OG Ananobi. I agree. And if you if you thought that you could go get him and then retain him, um, I think that that takes the Kings from a team that's flirting with the five, six, seven to a team that's two years from now or a year from now, like flirting with three, four, five. Mm, I, mean, I don't know. I'll say I'll, I'll say this. Um Again, it's not simple as, yeah, you have a better player or whatever, but you have a guy who's under team control, and he's in his first year of team control. Like, it, yeah. it, There's a huge economic impact here. And if you're oh, totally moving agree. a player like that, like how, if you're, let's put it this way. If you're Demonis Sabonis and you're going into an offseason where you're going to be a free agent and you're saying, hey, we have OG Ananubi now. Like, I, to me, I, I, I look, you already have – a couple two guards around you have guys who can play the three you don't have a bona fide three i get that but that will be ultimately your biggest uh piece that you're going to be hunting for and i feel um adding someone like him is not a selling point to sabonis necessarily if that makes <laughs> sense because you still want to keep flexibility and i feel like the what keegan murray can bring already to this team is too valuable to throw that away based off of what you've already done you've already changed the complexion of your team to have a two-headed monster you're going to throw a ton of money at sabonis right i feel like you're going to need to have a guy like this where you're have team control you have something that's going to go quite well for the next three years yeah take advantage of that i understand what you're saying and again i was all for the tyrese trade to to to, to land sabonis because but the circumstances were different now let's Let's rewind. Let's say that didn't happen, okay? And you're back last season. And let's say you could move Tyrese Han uh, Halliburton for Ananubi. Would you have done that? 
without having Demonis Sabonis? I think no. that's a tougher question no. to answer. What? No, I, I, I don't think I would have made that move. Not even close. No, no, I probably no, no. What I'm saying is, I'm saying is, is I think it's a tougher question to answer on the surface of saying you, you're, 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 you're you wouldn't be giving away Halliburton for a guy who isn't an All Star type player, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you, you think, despite that, having another year of control of, you know what I mean? It's just different. Do you okay. see Keegan as a future All Star? No, not okay. necessarily. I mean, I'm not convinced of it. Could be, but right. I'm not. I don't. I don't like. This goes back to the trade, you know, pre-draft discussion where if you were asking me on my opinion, uh, you know, I, I, I could see Jaden uh, Ivey being an all-star player one day. Keegan, I, I don't see it quite as much, and that's why I was in the Jaden Ivey camp over so many other guys because I felt he would be the quickest, brightest star, you know, whatever, like of the of the bunch. So, But I'm, I've been wrong many, many, many times before, so it's it's all just a guessing game, so. But no, yeah. if you're asking me, I don't see that. No. All right, so we'll continue to take chat uh, questions in the chat for a few more minutes. Uh, Sean S, we don't open the chat up. Uh, like to be honest with you, I don't even know how to do that because I'm recording on some other platform uh, where people can actually ask money, and and we also don't have YouTube opened up where you can actually donate money. Uh, but thanks for the thought. Um, if you have a question, just throw it in the chat, and we'll try to get to it. Um, and so, yeah, if you guys have any, if you have more questions, uh, throw them at us here. Um, and like Keegan for, uh, Bogdan, uh, for Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Bojan Bogdanovic is like 33 years old. Um, silent, (laughs) that's silent in the chat. Yeah. He, I know they just locked him up to a, I think a two year extension. Um, but yeah, that, that's just not going to happen. Um, like you don't. Not for a guy that's that old. The only reason, like again with OG Ananubi, is that he's 25 years old and fits the exact time frame of the rest of your team, and that's why. So does Demona Sabonis. Yeah, yeah. I, so does well, Keegan so Murray. Does, like Keegan, yeah. Yeah, and De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk and Kevin Herter—they're <laughs> all the same age. So, um, but I, I will say this: if you could get OG Ananobi without giving up, uh, like Keegan Murray. And right. you can give, and you can even do it without giving up Harrison Barnes. Which uh, my concern is that if you give up Harrison Barnes, at this point you're you're probably taking a step back in chemistry, and that could get a little hairy with this team because I don't know that they're quite strong enough yet to to take that. Um, but like if you could do it without giving up harrison without giving up keegan but doing a package you know basically centered around um somewhat expiring contracts a young player and uh and draft picks then man i would different conversation i would do that i would be all over it because then you're looking at you know starting lineup with uh with og Ananobi and harrison barnes and sabonis and herder and fox with keegan murray coming off the bench even if it's just for this year and you lose Harrison Barnes in the off season, um, then, you know, I still think you're looking at a completely different thing. And this, that's a really good team in my opinion. He just fills a lot of, uh, a lot of the voids. Um, I am a very big OG Ananobi fan. Um, I think that he's one of the best defenders in the league and extremely versatile at his size. Like it's borderline one to five stuff. He's leading the league in steals flirting with 20 points a game 
if if the handle progresses, I, I think there's all-star potential there. But even right now, like it's one of the best three and D players in the game. Like I, I think just being such a good offensive player when it comes to being a capable shooter and above average shooter, um, specifically from the corners, like James said earlier, and then the the cutting that would just get unlocked with Domas and they just really need a stopper on the wing defensively. And I think that's exactly what OG is to me. So I personally really think about the Keegan thing. The obvious hesitation is, is team control. Um, but I, I think that seeing that maybe it'll take a little bit longer than I would have thought for Keegan to become a really consistent contributor he has nights where he still looks lost out there and it's still early in his nba career like I, i'm Jesus. not i'm not no, yeah. like but he just like for a guy that is like pitched as nba ready like i expected him to be a little bit more ready than this and that's not a knock it's it's a big adjustment and i think that's totally understandable i think keegan's gonna be fine i think that he's already shown more than what i thought at the time of the draft when i, I was sort of questioning his ceiling um and i think the offense is, is definitely interesting i just it's probably it's more so how much I am a big fan of OG rather than right. any sort of knock on Keegan. Yeah, and just so there's no mistake too. Like I, I think I already said it, but just so it, I am as well. I just you know if you if Keegan's part of it, I'm probably not interested in doing that deal. Um, but there are you know several other deals that I think that the Kings can throw that way. I just don't know that Toronto would do it. You know, I, I do feel like Harrison Barnes. Um, you know, is a move is obviously is such a movable piece. Um, you know, yeah, but to a team like Toronto, if they're right. resetting, then they don't need Harrison Barnes, and that would be well. And the, point. Like, and the tough part is like, you know, Toronto right now. I mean, you just look like they're not a good scoring team, like at all. You know, they they don't shoot well from outside. Um, they're kind of a, a, a grimy defensive team, um, but they they obviously need a lot of shooting and. Uh, I just don't think that, you know, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't pull anyone there. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, when you're talking Rashawn Holmes and, and Harrison Barnes, well, of course, Kings fans would love that. Yeah. Send those, but Toronto would be like, okay, great. That's not good enough. Well, so, and that was my point too. When the the conversation came up, like if you're going to call Toronto near the Sacramento Kings, you're going to ask about OG Ananobi. The first word out of their mouth is going to go, is going to be okay. Keegan Murray. And then you're going to have to say, okay, we're done. The conversation's over and hang up the phone. Or you're going to have to sit back and go, okay, well, let us get back to you and have like in some internal discussions. And I'm not right. saying that those things have happened. But what I'm saying that if you do make that call, that is going to be the first thing out of their mouth. It's going to be Keegan Murray. And then you're instantly put on the defensive as to whether or not you'd make that move, right? Yeah, and then you're trying to get other teams involved because you don't you have a player you're not willing to give up in my opinion and uh your first round picks your future first round picks you can have that conversation for sure but i think ultimately probably add another team in there to kind of grease the wheels and make some things work because i think some of those players that the kings have that you'd be dangling would be a little bit more attractive to um a team that uh might not be so willing to kind of reset things yeah okay let's someone uh, mentioned dylan brooks by the way earlier and i'm all over i like him a lot I do too. Uh, I don't like that we have to cover up Brendan's face when we do this. Yeah, I know. Who is the heart of the team chemistry wise? Uh, Brendan, Monk. what do you got? Malik. Yeah. It's Malik. Malik, Malik. And, and then the other one is Mike Brown. Like, I, yeah. I think that 
coach absolutely is instilling that. And I think there's other members of the coaching staff that um, fit into that as well. Uh, Jay Triano, James just did a piece on, I, I think is a part of that. But when it comes to on the floor, I, I think that it's Malik's personality. I think play style wise, it's Domas, but personality, it's pretty easily Malik to me. Yeah, I, I think so too. And if you guys haven't read, like Monday, I went deep uh, into Jay Triano as the assistant coach who's running the offense. Um, it, he's a good dude. It's a good interview. Um, so jump on that, and if, if you guys have a like a twenty minute block, because it's I think it's like three thousand words. It's a lot. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. it Q and A? I haven't read it. Is uh, it Q and A? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, it's not. No, I I did like a long form piece on him um that i dropped on monday so if you guys have time hit that uh i put a lot of work into it he had a there were a lot of uh raptors on that coaching staff (laughs) like barbosa doug christie triano like that's pretty sizable there nice little homecoming for them yeah and jay is still the uh the head coach of the canadian national team and like he's been the head coach a couple of times uh trey lyles um, went up and tried out for the Canadian national team when he was younger. Um, and so he has some ties there. Uh, Malik Monk will tell you that Jay Triano like helped keep him on his rails when he was a young player because he just wasn't getting any minutes and was like freaking out. Um, so yeah, like he's a good guy to have around a franchise like this is trying to build something. Um, he just has a ton of ties. Um, let's see. Uh, Tyler says, PJ Washington is gettable. Is PJ one of those guys that you would uh, you would chase? Definitely to a de- to a, yeah. I mean, I think they chased him last year. Uh, yeah. th- you know, there were just definitely discussions last year. I don't think those have necessarily uh, cooled at all. I think um, Charlotte's in a little bit of a weird place. I think Rashawn Holmes could maybe benefit them over there, but. That was the trade that I thought would be centered around last year. That those were the kind of the discussions that would have been there. But um, a year later, or well, a year, not even a year later, uh, could be a little bit different. I don't know. Yeah, and he's in the final year of his rookie scale, so he's a restricted free agent this summer, um, and you'd have to make a decision. I I really like PJ Washington, and I I think to make uh, like money work, and actually, I I think that there could be actually a really good trade there. Um, because Mason Plumley, while I, I've never been a huge Plumley fan, uh, any of the Plumleys, um, well, he'd be a good fit here. He's a perfect fit. Who Jay Triano worked with for the last five years or three years in Charlotte, and likes his passing ability and his defensive ability, and so I I think he would fit as well. So if you could somehow get like or Sean Holmes and something else for PJ Washington. And uh, and Mason Plumley, who's a free agent at the end of the year and 32 years old. I mean, uh, Brendan, you got a smile. What do you got? I just would love to get to watch uh, Mason Plumley practice his free throws in <laughs> in the practice facility. I think it would be pretty gnarly. Uh, pretty gnarly. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I don't know what it's is that bad. There. It's dis- yeah. It, it's disgusting. It, it's really really bad. Um, they, I mean, they they could totally. It's so funny. Like they could totally use him. I mean, I, I know a lot. Of, there's our their fans are be like, oh, that guy gets dunked on all the time. But it's like this dude, this dude has a lot of energy, plays hard, uh, a lot of defense. Uh, and I used to talk to a lot of guys about him back in the day. Him, uh, Miles, and Mason, just all of them. Like 
the Plumley brothers, and it was everyone talks highly of them throughout the league. Um, so even yeah. Demarcus, Marcus, Demarcus was like Mason's been dunking on me since high school or since junior high school. <laughs> but he he gets he gets caught every now and then, and it looks really bad when he does. Yeah, but he's still he's kind of that guy that comes in and does dirty work, and he's yeah. a guy that when you put him on the floor for sixteen minutes or eighteen minutes. Um, you know, when Domas steps off the court, he could actually run the offense. He's not going to be like Domas, but he's he actually is capable, and he knows the system. So that's the guy that, if I'm the Kings, and if they keep falling, if Charlotte keeps falling, I would circle him and, like, okay, how do we make a deal here? Because two players there make sense. And if you're giving up something that's not in your rotation – um, that would make, you know, it would probably be a good deal for the Kings. Yeah. Um, from I'll DFW, say real quick, sorry, yep. PJ Washington, I also think is somebody that could be an eventual like starter in the league and somebody that could sure. end up filling that spot that Harrison Barnes could eventually leave vacant, um, depending on what ends up with his contract situation. And then the other one that's been talked about recently is um, Nerlens Noel, backup center that I think is somewhat interesting. Um, I think rim protection is something that this Kings team really needs. I think that Nerlens Noel is that. It is just a backup center that you're trading for, so you have to keep that in mind with whatever how assets many, we're talking about. How many minutes is he getting? Uh, 15 in the ones that Domas doesn't play, but he stops a team from going on a 15-0 run when Domas goes to the bench. Does he? He does. He okay, does. So, not not fully, but it helps. He's hurt. He's hurt a hell of a lot. He is. Yeah. But I, what are we? What are we really talking to trade for him? I'm not saying empty the bank. You know, like I'm. No, no, I get like, it. I just don't think he's any good. Sorry, I just. Hmm. He's just yeah, not good. I, I'm gonna put him in in sort of like the Mobamba category, where like you're almost taking a gamble that he can somehow be better than he has been in so many other places and stay on the court, and because if not, it's like we're just you're just really swapping out one piece for another. That might be a little bit. He's a better shot blocker than Chemezi Metu, but is he better than anything else than Chemezi Metu? I mean, he's a better steel guy. How about this? Uh, yeah, he's 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 a, he's a veteran for sure. But are you that much better than Namias Kata at that point? Yeah. You know, like if you get Kata, just no. I, I get it. Like I get it. Kata has like he's so raw and has no experience, and it, it, like that's that's gonna be the biggest thing. And I get it, but. I'd almost rather see Kata out there for five to 10 minutes and see what he can look like over a stretch early in the season for a matter of weeks before I try and go commit a, the rest of the season to somebody like Nerlens Noel, who will never, <laughs> who you just can't rely on. I mean, it's just not, I don't know. And again, when you like, yeah, this team could use a rim protector in the worst way. I get it, but I'd rather run Alex Len out there. You know, I just, I have more confidence in him. Okay, uh, and he's not good. <laughs> he's just not good. David so. Flores Workman, DF, DFW, as we like to call you, uh, Patrick Williams. What would his price tag be? Um, that's tough because he's such a high pick from only a couple of years ago. And and again, uh, David brings up Kelly Oubre, which is another one. And we've talked about Oubre before. Oubre is difficult because he he's got a little squirrely in him. Like he's he's a little uh, different. Screw loose. And yeah, and, and I think um, you can't have too many of those guys. If you have one or two, you're probably okay. Uh, before I made a move for El for Kelly Oubre, I would sit down with 
De'Aaron Fox, who played AAU ball with him and knows him really well. And I would sit down with Malik Monk, who uh, played with him the last couple of years, well, two years ago. And I would sit down with Jay Triano, uh, who coached him, and say, okay, let's let's do a dossier on this guy before we make a move. Um, when it comes to Patrick Williams, though, I like Patrick Williams. Um, and I think he's got a lot of potential, but he's still he kind of like hit the injuries have like slowed him and what he is and what his potential is, I think. Yeah. It, that's a guy that's super hard to get a gauge on. Like what would Chicago even be asking for? And yeah. at the same point, like, I don't know what, if I'm the Kings, I'd be willing to give up. Like he, he's just somebody that's really hard to get a gauge on. I mean, the ideal version of Patrick Williams is exactly who this team needs, but I don't, know that I trust that he can be that he was always a raw player and hasn't really gotten the opportunity to develop because of his injuries. Um, somebody that if they did their due diligence and decided to make a move on, I would, I would trust it and talk myself into it, but I don't know. It's just so hard to gauge. Yeah. I mean, he's still really young. Sean, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm uh, not really a big fan of Kelly O'Brien. Like, but what it's about just Patrick meh. Williams? Oh, I thought we were still on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was distracted sorry. on the, some of the comments. Yeah, he's fine. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that that would be a direction I'd go. Um, he's only 21. No, he's very young. And and that's one of the, like, I don't know. I think you, to me, he doesn't fit the three ideally for me. So, and I'm so fo- hyper-focused on th- the three and, you know, if there's ever a third guard, what does that look like? Um, you know, this year is obviously going to be an important one for Davion Mitchell. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not a big uh, – I don't think I'd I – don't, I don't know. It doesn't really – it doesn't intrigue me as much. Jay Crowder? Not for this team. Not for yeah, this team. Yeah, like, it's kind of – it's tough. I mean, oh. like, if, you, if they're giving away for nothing – uh-oh. I think I, see, I think about? I see I think I see my favorite question of the night. Oh, let's hear it. How about Carlos Correa to the Giants? <laughs> Very yeah, I forgot to mention at the start. I'm like the biggest Giants fan that's ever existed. I watch baseball all the time. Um, always been a huge Giants fan my whole life. Is that tr- is that true? I have not. I didn't watch a single Gi- no, uh, baseball nothing, game last year. Nothing, not a single no. World Series game. I didn't no. watch anything. But that's I've been okay. a Giants fan forever. I've had. So do you, do you like the Carlos Correa move? <laughs> did you know who Carlos Correa was before? To- I did. I did. Okay. Um, I can't imagine ever committing to anything for 13 years. That just sounds outlandish Here's to me, thing. but I also don't it, know baseball. Like, Right. It Don't pay no attention to the years. It doesn't mean a damn thing in baseball. I know that sounds crazy, but it, it really doesn't. And guess what? They bleed money. Like there's money all over the place. The Giants could literally just – they're in San Francisco. You have money for days. It doesn't matter. And it's not Aaron Judge. And it's it basically, think of it this way. Carlos Correa, for at least the next five years, should be making $40 million a year. He's going to make 27. It, it averages out to 27 a year. For, it's fine. It'll be great. What happens? So I'm, very, just, I'm very happy there. I just think, Who like, cares? when you're signing a guy for 13 years, like, like we were talking about this again on D-Lo and Casey today, and I, I brought up, like, Casey – you know, his, his wife just had a baby. Um, that little girl will be in like eighth grade and be a teenager when Carlos Correa is, <laughs> is in the final year of his contract. 
Like, I don't so? want to tell you how old I will be in Carlos Correa's final year with the Giants. I feel like uh, your guys' age. I think it, it's possible that, that Brendan could actually go to rated R movies by the time that Carlos Correa He is, won't, though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, probably true, probably true. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's that's wild. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, well, I mean, I guess if you... I just, you know, they got stuck paying Barry Zito a lot of money for years for nothing. And guess what? him to, what, like a seven-year deal. He helped him get a World Series, so... Remember that Cincinnati series, nails. All right, all right. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as the A's, like we have some A's questions in here. Yeah, I, Do I we? hate to say this, but the A's <laughs> are gonna leave. Uh, yeah, no Oakland A's, but yeah, the A's are gonna leave Oakland. I'm, I almost guarantee that. Um, I don't know if the A's got fleeced in the Sean Murphy trade. I will just oh, tell did. you that when when you trade a guy. Uh, that you know is 28 years old and still has three years of eligibility of, of arbitration eligibility uh you're probably making a mistake um but yep. it at least they did get a number one prospect from the braves a number eight prospect from the brewers um some young arms in the in the pen uh, one guy has like 175 strikeouts in 109 innings uh this year in in a and a plus ball um so i mean so at least you got something but the other thing is, like, it's kind of like the how the Kings just kept drafting point guards. Like, the A's, if there's one strength they have, is that they have catchers. So not only Langoliers, <laughs> but they also have uh, Soderstrom. And, and then their first-round pick this last year was a catcher. So, yeah, they got catchers. Um, okay, what else just do we stay have? In Oakland. Stay in Oakland. Build that ballpark. I wish I man. will. I, I Stan says so. I'll still look 30. I hope that's true. I'll act like I'm 20 regardless, but um, I hopefully I'll look that still look 30. Yeah. And uh, let's see uh, if you're still in here, uh, give us a thumbs up. If you, if you haven't already. Um, and in Sean's case, just keep giving us thumbs up. He yeah. Try it. Just take it away and just, put it back up there. See it. what happens. Just, just try it. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as uh, Jonathan Isaac, I wouldn't touch Jonathan Isaac with a 10 foot. Oh pole. God. No. I, because if I touch him with a ten foot pole, he'd lose a leg. He'd die. Um, yeah, it's possible he would die if I, <laughs> if I touched die. him with a ten foot pole. Um, Kobe White is available as a backup point guard from Leezy. Um, Leezy, I just don't know about that. Nope. That's, nope. I, I'd rather just stick with Malik Monk. Uh, I'd rather have Leezy Chris, run the third point guard. How about that? There we go. There we go. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt would be solid. I, I totally agree, but I don't think you can get Jared Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. He's too young. He fits what they're doing there. Yeah, that can um, happen. You guys would like that guy too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I'd take him. I'm not sure. taking oh. feeding. Brendan, you're on a PS5 too, aren't you? I am not. I'm an Xbox oh. guy. I probably well, should you... switch over to PS5, but I'm in too deep. I, uh, I'm i a little, I'll, I'll be honest, PS5, I haven't played much of it. I We played, uh, I whipped my roommate's ass uh, in... A, just a little stupid scrimmage as it was you can only you can only pick between the warriors and the and the celtics because they make you pick the finals teams uh as it like loads everything up and it only took like 10 minutes to load everything up but we just kept playing <laughs> and uh he was trying to do this he did the same move every single time so i think it's uh he hasn't played video games in a long time uh, i'm not that f i'm i'm quite a video game player but it's still been a couple years so 
we'll, uh, were you, we'll were you out. able to make any threes at all? Just curious. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. here's the other thing. Uh, Such a tough timing thing. Yeah. I, um, I've kind of gone away from using the sticks as the shooting and I've gone back to using the buttons and it was a little bit better. So, um, I don't know. I, I've got to get much better with using the shooting for the sticks on uh, 2K. So Okay, so uh, the bouncer returns. The show is not every Tuesday. I mean, every Wednesday. Uh, typically what we do is we have a Tuesday and Thursday show, especially during you know the off-season and draft and all that. Um, we try to do Tuesdays and Thursdays during the season, but uh, it gets very difficult when we have games. Um, so we usually have two shows a week, and it's kind of floating, and we usually don't do a live show. Like, it's not guaranteed once a week, if that makes sense. Um, sweet. Uh, Ooh, how about, our, that's a good question. I don't even like soccer, but Argentina or France. James, I know you're a soccer guy, so you let, you let me know. I don't know what the hell's going to happen. I'm going to hope that Messi takes it home. Um, I, I fear that if he does, that's pretty much he's that's going to be it for him. And I'd like to see him play at least one more. Well, he's like 35. Put him at like 39, which Carlos Correa will be like five years left on his deal. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, France is beat up. They've had a ton of injuries, and the fact that they've made it this far is really, really impressive. Uh, so, like, the Pogba, they, I mean, their list of injuries is nuts. Uh, so, But they are the reigning champs. It's going to be difficult to uh, dethrone them. And I don't think... Uh, I don't think Argentina's won since like 1986 uh, with Maradona. Huh. Yeah. So hand of God is that the hand of God guy? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I don't I hear. that's him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's FIFA card good. It's crazy. Yeah, his FIFA card is is great. Yeah, my son is a major FIFA player. Like he's oh he's he's very good at FIFA. He's also very good at building teams. Uh, Pogba, uh, Callum, uh, Pogba probably is washed. He has not been good the last couple of years. Uh, anyway, uh, okay. James, uh, do, do we not have say any... that word? What's that? What Pogba? What does that mean? No, the W word. We can't. Whatever. Washed. Come on now. Oh, oh washed. well. Sensitive. Oh. Oh well. Well, that no. You're not. Brennan has PTSD. Yeah. He got... <laughs> <laughs> Did not go well for him. I think I'm gonna have a shirt made that just says "washed." <laughs> oh no. And just like yeah 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 great. Uh, that that would be good. That would be good. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, I, I think we're uh, we're pretty much done here with questions. If anyone are else we? has any last hmm. second questions, if Weissman or Kaminga become available, or are they worth a flyer? Kaminga, yes. Weissman, like I would have been on the Weissman train for a while, but not after. But like, what's him. a flyer mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like that <laughs> a flyer is still free. Like. Wiseman's not signing for the minimum, you know, trading him for like a second round pick. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Right. Like <laughs> describe what do you mean by a flyer? Like when I think of a flyer is like Trey, like Trey Burke right now in the G league. Yeah. I might be able to wave a player like and bring him in and see what it looks like. Not that the Kings will. I'm just, you know what I mean? That's, that's taking a flyer on a guy. Yeah. Probably you don't really like, take a, <laughs> I, I, when I think of flyer, I think of like something TD Alex Len, in a second or something like that like he, and, and that's rough I don't, I don't like Wiseman, but i'm like in my mind flyer is like fringe rotation guys at best did okay. you go down uh was it last friday when Wiseman was in stockton they had a good crowd down there i did see that back to back yeah uh Wiseman yeah. played really well in one game solid finisher obviously a ridiculous athlete 
Um, I was never a big fan at the time of the draft, though. I still think there's a lot to be cleaned up, but obviously a ridiculous athlete. And if it gets figured out, then there's something there. But also, I'm iffy on the value of just average centers in today's NBA. So I don't know. He's kind of gone the way of like Stroll Miles Swift. Um, Okay. Dirt and Rust brings up that Brendan should watch Evil Dead next. I would, I would agree. He with won't that. like I, it. He's not going to like it. We'll never know. I feel like I know. Yeah. See, he's not going to watch <laughs> got, it. One. Okay, so we have the Evil Dead. We have the Evil Dead Two. Hold on. Are you really not going to watch Darkness. Die Hard though? I will. I will. I was just talking to somebody about this. Um, I'll, I'll the get pop around. Culture to it. references alone, you just need to see it. If if you show up at uh, this weekend at James's Christmas party, I may just put Die Hard on because <laughs> it's a Christmas movie and have it running while uh, you're just you know hanging out, having a rum and coke, and hoping that you don't spill it all over my bar again. Yeah. So just no, how'd that go? Were you able to... <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, what you're talking man. About. Not sure. Uh, what he, talking about. Uh, Brandon was <laughs> like, I felt bad because like it, I I know like it upset like probably set you like off kilter for the rest of the day Those for, happen, first time right? i'd been there it was my very first drink too like it was just yeah, ever knocked just, it over right on my bar yeah, yeah james, james gave him he james gave you your first touch of alcohol no. shh, shh, shh. <laughs> don't tell my mom oh no <laughs> oh that's amazing i'd like to tell that's your amazing. mom your mom she was supposed to introduce us to you we're mom. not talking about my mom <laughs> after <laughs> what y'all pulled last time okay we're done with that conversation <laughs> Oh, man. That's not good. That's not good. Um, okay, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, okay. Do you, guys, do you guys have any final thoughts? Uh, Brennan, we'll start with you. We'll start with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to the six-game homestand, um, and then they go on the road for two, and then it's another five at home. But I'm excited to be back in Golden 1 Center and around – some of these guys and get to continue to have more conversations. And I I think that it's been a good road trip and hopefully they can take care of business on this homestand because there's no easy nights in the NBA, but I think there definitely are uh, some pretty tough ones that they dealt with on this road trip and maybe don't quite have the same to deal with during the homestand. Okay. Yeah. Sean. Uh, Brennan is a, I could tell he was a terrible student because he doesn't turn in his homework on time. Um, so that was a final thought. Secondly, I don't know, just people just calm the, just calm down, man. Enjoy the ride. This is like way better than what you're used to. <laughs> so just like enjoy this. Like don't get so crazy after every win and every loss. I know that I'm kind of sound like a broken record there, but it's just people just need to calm down. And that goes for some media too, I might add. I don't need to say names, but hopefully they'll hear this and just enjoy it, man. Jeez. Never too high, never right. too low. Try to take it all in stride. I, I totally get you. By um, the way, okay, can I say one thing? Shout out Mo Brazelton. Um, they finally oh, let it yes. be known about the, the, the mind behind the beam. And uh, if you get a chance, our, our friends at The Athletic, uh, Sam Amick, Fred Katz, and Anthony Slater had Mo on their podcast. And um, very happy to hear. It was very fun to hear that conversation. Happy he gets a little bit of uh, shine. And um, the, the, I will say, guys, you did a great job interviewing him. You left out the most important question is, why can't we leave that shit on all, like, all night? Just keep that on. And I'm sure it's like, an FAA thing, but the way they were describing yeah. it, like, 
just how long like when's the cutoff time when's when's the last like not midnight just figure it out like, like let us know how long can we keep it on and if it midnight is the con is the kind of figure out a way to keep that shit on all the time that's what yeah. i'm saying okay so mo brazelton for those uh who don't know uh he is one of the he puts on the game night production and not only does works. he do it for the kings like they it's fun they haven't had an all-star since demarcus we've talked but like he's there all the time he he is like sacramento's representation for all-star game and he's a many-time all-star like that's how good of a game night operations person this person is in the league like he is brought in they bring him from sacramento they he runs the all-star i mean he he's he's solid man really really good yeah he's a good dude and he's been he's been with the kings for a long time and it's good to see and the beam is a brilliant idea. I I don't know how yeah. it's worked out so well, but it really is a brilliant idea. Um, the Timberwolves. Someone asked if the Timberwolves won tonight. They didn't. It, they were playing the Clippers, right? The Kings have uh, slid to the seven spot while we're on the pod because uh, the Clippers actually won and moved up to the six spot. Um, so and now Minnesota's the eleventh. Uh, and wow, the Kings are uh, up by a few games on the Lakers. Um, four to be exact. Uh, yeah, you're starting to see some separation now. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, okay, cool. Uh, final thoughts from James. Um, Here we go. Don't be, don't be sad. No, no, I'm not going to go sad at all. Uh, no, okay. we talked sad stuff last time, right? No. Yeah, we did. Um, number one, um, like happy holidays, everyone. Uh, like <laughs> we, we totally appreciate all of you coming in and being part of what we do here. It, it is fun, and I, I love the holidays, uh, and, you know, I've been working on the house getting ready for a Christmas party this weekend, um, but uh, that's number one. Number two, um, jump on board with the King's Beat so you can come see and hang out with Mark Jones tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be super fun. And outside of that, I don't think I really have a, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, hug your, hug your loved ones, buy good gifts. Uh, but, uh, yeah, join the King's Beat so you can uh, hop on board with the happy hour tomorrow because it's going to be a good one. Uh, that's going to be super fun. Um, cool? Uh, cool. All right. they all, they're always super fun. They are, aren't they? They're, they're totally so. different than what you expected, right? Yeah, but I can't wait. Again, I'm, I want to do this all in person, so we got to figure <laughs> yeah. that out. Oh, we do have to figure that one out. Um, okay, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the King's Beat podcast. Uh, we still have 180 people in here. If you don't mind, give us a thumbs up. How many How many uh, thumbs ups did we get? Subscribe. I, I can't see it because that would require me to leave and go uh, to YouTube. Oh, we have 124. I just looked. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yes, Sean S., you can subscribe to the King's Beat. Go to thekingsbeat.com to subscribe to the newsletter and you can also uh get a premium subscription you can also subscribe here uh with uh youtube and all that stuff so um for fox 40s sean cunningham and brenda nunez from the king's pulse podcast i am james ham king's insider for espn 1320 and the king's beat we'll see you next week unless you join the happy hour then we'll see you or tomorrow. Not. Yeah, I'll be there.